Hey guys, it's Ed and I'm coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. And coming up in a little bit, we are going to talk to Will. Um, and he's going to give his take on the Game of Thrones final season. Um, so you don't want to miss that. Um, and so, okay. I really didn't have a segue plan for this because I'm still stunned by this news. On Wednesday, Michael Avenatti was charged with stealing money from Stormy Daniels. uh, Apparently, Stormy had already parted um, ways... He had represented her um, throughout the whole process of um, getting the $130,000 fee for her staying quiet and not talking to any, not talking to the press about her affair with Donald Trump. Um, He helped negotiate her book deal worth, um, with an $800,000 advance. Uh, and you know whenever you would see them on whenever you would see them in in interviews or um in public together they seemed to get along very very well um at one point Avenatti was actually talking about running for president against Donald Trump and then he was arrested late in 2018 for domestic abuse domestic violence rather and the presidential dream seemed to go up in smoke. But he swore he was innocent and that um, he would be exonerated, and he was. Um, su- surprisingly enough, his wife actually didn't follow through with um, filing the charges against him, or, dro- or she dropped the charges against him. And then in March of 2019, just just a couple months ago, it came out that he was part of an alleged plot to extort $20 million from Nike. Apparently he had gathered some information that he felt would be damaging to the shoemaker's business and decided to go for a big payday. Well, that didn't go quite as planned, and Nike officials actually went to the FBI and said, hey, look, this dude is trying to extort us. They started recording him and making sure that they gathered all the evidence that they could. Again, Avenatti denies it. He says he will be exonerated. He was only trying to negotiate a deal for for his client. But the thing is, is no one knows who this client is. Um, there have been some theories, there's been some talk, but nothing concrete. Um, some people have tried to link it to one of Jesse Smollett's lawyers. I don't know if that works or not. Um, honestly, I haven't done enough investigating into that. Mostly just because it doesn't tickle my fancy. (laughs) Um, 
But, um, as I said on Wednesday, um, charges were brought, the charges for the Becky blackmail scheme um, were, were part of this, as were charges um, for him allegedly stealing money from Stormy Daniels. Yeah, I mean, uh, and Stormy Daniels is not actually named in the complaint. Um, she is called Victim One. Um, um, and Stormy has previously said that she, uh, that Avenatti had dealt with me extremely dishonestly. Um, and Avenatti fired back, I look forward to a jury hearing all of the evidence and passing judgment on my conduct. At no time was any money misappropriated or mishandled. I will be fully exonerated once the relevant emails, contracts, text messages, and documents are presented. So what he did is, allegedly, he told the publisher... To send the money to an account that was controlled by him. They said they couldn't do that without Stormy Daniels' signature. So he sent them a forged document. So and then he took that he took the money and paid um his he paid his law firm staff with them with the money that he took from her. Um he paid for at least on a Ferrari, um, as well as staff from one of his coffee shops that he used to own. And, you know, this is just looking really bad for him. I don't think he's going to be exonerated this time. But what do I know? I'm going to go and I'll be right back. And I'm back. Have you guys picked up your copy of the Kelly Claps yet? First of all, I just got to tell you guys, the um, my original title was so horrible. Um, it was something like inside the uh, Megan Kelly um, implosion, and then Will thoughtfully um, agreed to edit and and read the book for me, and he came up with the Kelly Claps. So that is how that how the title came to be. Uh, but if you haven't read it yet, go read it. There's a bunch of juicy tidbits in there, like the fact that um, the Today Show staff hated Megan Kelly, um, mostly because she was an ice queen who thought she was better than everyone else, and would uh, walk around not acknowledging anybody else's presence and thinking that she was better than everyone and then got really sad when there was a Super Bowl party hosted by El Roker and she wasn't invited and she thought that that was really shitty. And and to be fair, it, maybe it was. You know, when you're inviting all the other co-workers and then you don't invite one. But I don't have a soft spot for Megan Kelly, so... Um, I, I, you know, I'm kind of on their side. Uh, and then we, the book also talks about her firing and all that. 
we know that she she left NBC after collecting uh, the rest of her paycheck that she would have normally gotten while uh, if she had continued working. And it, we've talked about this on on the podcast before in a previous episode. She allegedly wants to be back on TV in time for the 2020 election, which um, would be sometime around October um, of this year, of 2019. Uh, Now, there's no telling if that's actually going to happen or not. Um, most, Most people say that she would have to be in negotiations by this point. Um, but we don't know. And we don't know what her contract with NBC says. You know, that was just finalized a few months ago. Um, and they could be keeping her off. They could be keeping her off the air uh, for a while. Um, they could literally be keeping her off until her contract would have ended with them. Which would be um, sometime in 2020, I believe. Um, but I, 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 that being said, I don't think that that's what they're doing. I really don't. Um, NBC's not vindictive in making Kelly probably wouldn't have signed anything like that. But she was spotted out at the Crosby Street Hotel here in New York with her husband. They were having a little day night. They were watching a documentary called... Um, Port of Destiny Peace. And according to sources, she was very relaxed, very happy. Um, she was wearing, like, leather pants in a, a sheer shirt. Um, her hair is cut short and slipped back. And... Here's what they said. Here's what the spy said. They looked very happy. Her her hair was short, slicked back, and she was wearing black leather pants and a sheer top. She was dressed like a fashion model. And, you know, that's wonderful. Like, I don't personally like her, but I'm glad that she's she's happy and, and relaxing. Because I don't... I, I don't hate her. I just don't like her. I don't think she's a good... TV personality. Um, And the same thing, you know, the same thing I could say about a lot of people. Um, For some reason, they're all failing to come to mind right now. But but someone came up to her and asked her if she missed being on TV. And she said, I am enjoying being home and having time for myself and my family. So far, I'm very happy. So if she is looking to join another network, she's either playing it very close to the vest, or perhaps she, she genuinely just wants to take some time to be with, with her family right now. And I'm going to take some time to be with my drink, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. So, uh, there's been this whole time. 
um, well, the previous segment, <laughs> I say the whole time, like, we've talked about this a whole hell of a lot, um, but in the last segment, I actually forgot to mention to you guys that I, for a hot minute, I was actually really intrigued by James Bond. Um, there's a book called Carte Blanche, um, that I, for whatever reason, I don't even know now, but it caught my eye. And I just had to read it. And it's, um, so I went out and I bought it. And I read it. And it was, it was I mean, it was alright. I don't, I, to this day, I still don't know why it grabbed my attention the way it did. Um, normally, it's, it's honestly not my type of book. But, you know, things happen, Whatever. But I always thought that that would make a good movie, and I don't know why they've never. I don't know why they've never um, adapted it for the big screen. Which brings us to the newest 007 movie. And when we last talked about it, we learned that there's a lot of drama going on behind the scenes. A lot of the cast and crew don't like. Daniel Craig because he's a douchebag apparently and treats them all really shitty. Um, and first of all, I just have to say it doesn't surprise me that he treats them um, so badly. And the reason why it doesn't surprise me is because he just looks like the type of man who is so used to getting what he wants um, that it, it probably doesn't matter. And all the cheating rumors and all that that um, circle around him are just so... And, and again, usually when Blind Gossip and Crazy Days and Nights agree, there there's definitely something to it. Uh, so anyways, they were filming... The new 007 movie, which still doesn't have a title, or allegedly, um, it doesn't, it also doesn't allegedly have a finished script. So, what are you, what are we to make of that? Well, what I'm hearing is, it's pretty common, um, for them to, going and not necessarily have all of the details down pat. This is a little bit worse than normal, but it, it's not unheard of. Um, but the, the other thing is there was, um, Danny Boyle actually had a, um, a, a story in mind. He had a script being written and um, everything was progressing very nicely until it wasn't, and they, um, Danny Boyle and Barbara Broccoli decided to part, and rumor is that Danny Boyle is going to take his story, um, replace James Bond with another spy, and launch a new franchise for a lucky studio. And the reason why I say a lucky studio is because this Bond movie is turning out to be a big jinx. Um, and I know that was a horrible, horrible segue. Um, 
But, so on top of Daniel Craig being a diva and whatever, he's now injured. Um, he broke his ankle and he has to have surgery. Um, and here's what the Twitter account for Bond25 had to say. Daniel Craig will be undergoing minor ankle surgery resulting from an in- injury sustained during filming in Jamaica. Production will continue whilst Craig is rehabilitating for two weeks post-surgery. So what happened? A source said, this time he slipped over on a dock and wiped out. Um, this is not the first injury that Daniel Craig has sustained on the set of a Bond movie. He has... Um, he knocked out his two front teeth while filming Casino Royale. He sliced his fingertip during Quantum um, Solace. And he hurt his knee filming Spectre. So maybe him hurting himself is like some sort of weird good luck charm or something for for his movies. I don't know. Um, but I'm going to stay on top of the 007 jinx and um, see what else comes of this. And I'm going to go and come right back. And I'm back. And as I have been hyping all week, Will is with me. And he is raring to go to talk about... Game of Thrones season eight. All week. It's only Wednesday, Ed. And I've been talking about it since Sunday, Will. Alright. Well. <laughs> so Game of Thrones, so um if you haven't been uh for those of you who have or don't follow Game of Thrones or who um perhaps people who've been living without an internet or cable connection on a farm in North Dakota trying to fend off Whatever the fuck it is that threatens farms in North Dakota. Um, Game of Thrones, uh, the last season of Game of Thrones just finished. And it's been um, causing a bit of a stir. Because it's, um, it's, it's not very good. To put it bluntly. Uh, the season and its showrunners, uh, Dave Benioff and Dan Weiss, are getting savaged on Twitter and social media by the, both of the critical and the um, regular viewing populace. A million people signed for them to do a brand new season with, with quote-unquote competent writers. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the, position, uh, the petition going around for them to remake season eight with new writers, which will probably not happen, um, almost certainly not happen, because, you know... Um, as bad as this season was, it still made HBO a lot of money, which is really all they care about. But anyway, so this has been a pretty mediocre effort <laughs> for a lot of reasons, basically. Um, common complaints are uh, long-running, series-spanning plot lines were suddenly uh, rendered irrelevant in the span of three episodes. Major character beats that needed to have happened for the finale to make sense were skipped outright or compressed into, like, incredibly short time frames. And there was a lot of shit going on, and there were a lot of decisions made that seemed like they were made just 
because the audience wouldn't expect them, i.e., um, the final choice of who uh, gets sits on the Iron Throne was completely out of left field for a lot of people, as is the descent into madness of Daenerys Targaryen, which is a little bit, well, rushed is putting it bluntly. I mean, you don't think that someone can become a ruthless, murderous dictator in the span of five minutes? <laughs> yeah, the five minutes they showed were stretching, stretching, dis- stretching plausibility a little bit. Uh, so yeah, um, it's really hard to say how this happened, uh. Certainly there was no one um, forcing Benny Offenweiss to end the series this early. HBO, I'm sure, would have, ha- would have been happy to run it for another four seasons until, um... And... Mm, but I guess they really wanted to move on to their next project, which... They, Danny and Weiss, are getting the next Star Wars trilogy. So the, fir- the first movie in that is um, will be released in twenty twenty two. So they're going to ruin Star Trek or Star Wars now. Yes, mm-hmm. I will be um, twenty twenty two. The date where I get the the year where I get to experience the next circle of hell, assuming that Trump doesn't get reelected. <laughs> I, I think that that's a good assumption there. Well, you know, we live in hope. <laughs> there had to be something about season eight you liked. Um, the dragons were cool. <laughs> <laughs> Arya killing the Night King was like. It was annoying that they dispensed the dispensed the big series threat that quickly and anticlimactically, and then tried to build up Cersei as the ultimate uh, ultimate villain for our heroes to overcome. That felt a little weird, but I liked how Arya killed the Night King in the moment. I thought that was a pretty cool shot, and it was a pretty cool moment. It was a very great season for spectacle, if nothing else. Just plot lacked. Yeah, plot lacked. I sort of feel like maybe the writers didn't actually know why this series was so successful. Well, like they assumed it was just because of the shock value and not the um, not the in-depth character writing, critical examination of uh, long-standing genre tropes, or the memes. The memes are good, at least. So, what do you think of? The defenders saying that they were just working off of George R. R. Martin's notes and outlines. I mean, well, we saw what they did on their own effort with uh, the Do- the new Dorn plotline in season five, since they didn't want to decide they didn't want to do the Dorn plotline from the books, and that um, sucked. <laughs> that fucking ate ass tremendously so I think we can assign some of the blame to these guys or all of the blame so I'm quite comfortable assigning 
D and D, as they're called, all the blame. <laughs> Any final thoughts on what you would like to see happen next with the franchise? No. <laughs> I'm gonna get yelled at for that question because I did not prepare him for that. No, it's. Mm, that's not why you're gonna get yelled at. <laughs> we'll be right back, folks. And I'm back. I hope you guys enjoyed the the um, Game of Thrones segment with Bill. Um, he's agreed to um, co- um, co-host more segments with me. So yay! Um, uh, you know, I, gen- genuinely, I love working with him. Um, you know, I, I make all these jokes about how he yells at me, but when when he does make a comment. It is for the betterment of the show, and and not just because he was trying to um, be bossy. And I'm going to regret saying that as soon as he listens to this. So <laughs> when you hear screaming, it's me. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and yeah, and that was kind of a weird segue into talking about Wendy Williams, her son Kevin Hunter Jr. and her soon-to-be ex-husband, Kevin Hunter. But here we are. Um, so, we already know that the twisted Wendy Williams divorce saga just keeps putting out all these weird wrinkles. And this time, the wrinkle, it fits perfectly into what we already know of Kevin Hunter. Um, but it's still very odd. So, allegedly, not allegedly, um, father and son, Kevin Hunter and Kevin Hunter Jr., got into a fight at a store near their house in New Jersey. Now, no one seems to know what started the fight. Or why they, um, or or why, um, it seemed to escalate into violence. One of the um, one of the things that came up with um, Kevin Hunter Jr. when he was being in, interrogated by the police after he was arrested was his father put him in a lock hold after Kevin after Jr. Uh, made a comment about his father asking for spousal support from Wendy Williams. And Junior admits that he punched his dad in the face, particularly the nose, in order to break the hold. And then Kevin Hunter called the police and played the victim. Now, you may be wondering why I said this actually makes sense. Here's why. We know Kevin Hunter is not afraid to use physical violence um, to get what he wants. Allegedly, he did that to Wendy. Um, and he even went so far as to poison her and try to emotionally blackmail her um, into giving him his way, including moving a mistress into their house. And when she resisted, he got very, very angry. 
Um, and his own mother, and this is part of, um, part of how you do in, inside the Wendy Williams divorce, his own mother actually went to the National Enquirer and said that she saw him hit, punch, and choke Wendy Williams. So this is not a nice man. He's, you know, I, I, he's just not nice. I, and I refuse to apologize for bad-mouthing an abuser. Um, Junior was arrested because he was the one who was seen punching. Um, he was, he's being interrogated. Um, and Kevin Hunter, for his part, says that Wendy Williams is brainwashing their son against him. And I just want to say, first of all, my parents are divorced. And my incubator actually did try to brainwash us against my dad. So I'm not saying that this never, never ever happens. And frankly, I wouldn't... If Wendy Williams is brainwashing uh, Junior against his father, I don't know that I would be surprised or even totally against her for that. Uh, Only because, again, I'm not going to stand up for an abuser. If someone is doing something wrong, that doesn't give the other person the right to hit. Period. Ever. I'm going to stress this. It is never okay to hit another person for any reason outside of self-defense. Uh, but also, because, uh, Junior is 18 going on 19, and while I know that's still youngish, um, when I was that age, I was out on my own. I had to take care of myself. So, it's kind of surprising to me that, um... that there's all this fighting over who gets custody of him and who who has to pay child support. He's an adult. No one should have to pay child support for him. As far as spousal support goes, that's a little bit trickier. Um, Since their personal and business lives were so intertwined, um, when Wendy decided to, to divorce him, it did make it a little bit more um, difficult for him to keep his job. That being said, he has um, just under 10 years of experience working as an executive producer on a talk show. There's no reason he can't go and land another job. Even, even if theoretically he's being bad-mouthed um, or blacklisted by Wendy or anyone on her team, there's still a company out there that will want to say, we have Wendy Williams' former producer. Because that means something. It, 
Um, but, and again, spousal support is one of those weird areas where I know a little bit about it because I used to write social media for attorneys. And generally speaking, it's a short-term option um, just to help the other person get back on their feet. It is not meant to be long-term unless specified in a prenuptial agreement or if a judge decides that the, um, that the um, party requesting it will need it for a longer period of time. Since Kevin Hunter had to join the producer's union, he shouldn't need it for a very long time. At this point, it seems like he he literally just wants to live off of Wendy Williams' hard work and hard-earned money. Because that's what abusers do. That's what losers do. And that's going to do it for me for this week. Um, tomorrow we have a very special deep dive into Britney's situation um, with some brand new information, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Um, Saturday we have a day of blind items. Um, Sunday and Monday we have long blind... Long blind... I can't speak. This is why I'm taking a long weekend, guys. Um, Sunday and Monday... We have long blind items. Sundays is MV, complete with the reveal of who MV is or who she was revealed to be. And there's a twist of that whole story, so make sure you listen to it and tell me what you think. And then Monday, in honor of Memorial Day, we're doing a throwback to the 90s on a very particular situation that happened in the 90s. And what led to, to that happening? So, happy Memorial Day. Um, if there's breaking news, check out my Facebook, um, Twitter, Instagram, um, Patreon. I, I should be putting up some new content for Patreon pretty soon. Um, but until I talk to you guys again... Thank you, as always, for listening, and cheers.